You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 242nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, home of the Tea Party. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just... Uh, oh. How are you doing today, Spencer? Oh, this, that's why your camera was off. All of a sudden, I'm blessed with this sight. Wow, Tim. Um, so do you want to explain what it is? And please don't say that it's a medium jersey on someone that should clearly be wearing a large. Because I appreciate the thought that went into this this lovely gift sent my way, mm-hmm. being a size medium. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. And I'll say, you do. I would never say... Uh, anything bad i'll just say you fill out the jersey nicely tim thank so you it's maximum capacity it, you you it's it's a flattering color it is for so let me uh i need to paint a word picture here because i'm still a little bit speechless here um do you got a good angle should i lower the no, camera no please don't I, I, <laughs> okay <laughs> um this is a a a, a finish uh, national championship jersey. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is f- from Trek Trek Segafredo uh, team. Yeah, it's got the the whole blue cross in the front. Um, I I'm arguably the- I think I'm distracted by your nipples poking through at this point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I can understand. I can understand thing. your excitement. I guess of all the national championship jerseys. The Trek Sega Fredo national Finnish national champion jersey for um Lada Laposo. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. This showed up on my doorstep like a couple days ago. It's amazing. I mean, like a week or so ago. Yeah. Right before I was off on a little uh, work trip. And uh oh man. It it's glorious. I'm usually not a full like a, a full kit person. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I have the Movistar kit because it looks amazing, but uh, <laughs> this kit, this kit looks good. Uh-huh. No, it does. And like I've been saying, the best off-season pickup yeah. of any world tour team, male or female, mm-hmm. in the world was Lada going from Cervella Bigla to Trek, and now Trek has like quite the arsenal yeah. of, uh, of of, of racing specialists. Yeah, and, and the best kits out there. Like, they're already good kits, and then you throw these national uh, championship kits in that they've done such a good job. Like, this kit, I'm looking at it now live in front of me. It is literally bursting at the seams with, with style. <laughs> so, I mean, I appreciate Chad Brown from Trek, who sent this our way, for sending me a medium. It was very flattering. Um, I'm kind of in this weird step where like i like to get medium kits but i should probably start getting large Mm -hmm. but i like to think i'm still fit but anyways burying the lead here because not only do i have this amazing finnish national champion jersey of lada Mm -hmm. i mean it's still stoked yeah but um it made racing that much more exciting for the first women's world tour race of the year well yeah the the ron the ronde van drenth now we talked on the last mini episode roller derby being back, and this was like the first uh, proposition that was scored, yeah, of the season. And I was all I had money on, I had internet points on Trek and uh, Mitchelton Scott. Both came up on zero. Yeah, <laughs> Marta Bastianelli, Bastianelli won for Team Virtue, which was like a fifty to one odds out of the um, three person group. Yep. Over um, Chantel Black and Ellen Van yeah, Dyke, two two powerhouse favorites right up there, uh, Bulls yeah. Dolman and and Trek. Um, 
Yeah, I think a lot of people, I think you weren't alone in losing uh, internet points on that uh, wager there, Tim. It goes to like to show, though, that there's there's really like three powerhouse women teams this year, right? That as I'm learning more and more about women cycling, listening to the Vox Cycling Podcast with a friend of the pod, Abby Mickey, mm-hmm. and just some of the, there's three powerhouse teams. Okay, I'm Trek Segafredo. Yeah, what do you got? Okay. Trek Segafredo yep. and Bulls Dolmans. Okay. And then you cannot go against Mitchelton Scott. Ooh, see, now. Just because they have Anna, <laughs> they have the woman that won, Strada Bianca. Yep. And then they were they were doing pretty well in this race. Now, they didn't come in the top, like, 16. Oh, they had somebody off the front right. for a Sorry. majority of the race. They did. Um, Sarah Royer, but it's. I thought you were going to go another direction with your, with your powerhouse three, Tim. Oh, really? Yeah. Who did you have? Now, see, I, I am agreeing with you on on your Trek Segafredo and your Bulls Doman, but I thought for sure you were going to go CCC. Over some... See, I would say oh, they do have Marianne Boss. Yeah. But Sun, and and Sunweb Black. does have Lucinda... I know. And Sunweb has Lucinda Brand. So maybe maybe there's four good teams and then Mitchelton Scott's a fifth. I don't know. It's just... They're all, there's Mitchelton, It's a lot of good teams. Mitchelton Scott has like arguably the best racer in the world though you know what i mean like they have van vluten yep so to me that's like you can never like she she seems to be where marianne voss was like four years ago five years ago like every race she toes the line but you're there's a shot then you're discounting canyon tram as well you know they've got Kristen wild and they've got uh new adoma i'm sorry canyon tram cool like but they're they're kind of in that beat uh lisa klein i'll be yeah, well, she's an all-star because her name's Lisa Klein. <laughs> but after that, I just... All right. There's a... You didn't even mention dis- uh, the most important Sunweb rider out there. who Corinne Rivera. Yeah. Like, I, well, you cut me off. Okay. And even though there's just the two of us on tonight and the little guy isn't here, I'm still getting... Um, you know, I got to be rapid fire apparently and saying... It is, it is a terrible curse but, that you have on this podcast of but, getting interrupted. Yeah. So I, there's... Anyways, women's racing is fantastic. Yes. And I mean, there, there's there's other cool teams too, though, right? There's the Bigla team. Yep. With uh, Cecile um, Utrip, U, um, the, the, the Swiss national time trial champion. Okay. I mean, there's, well, each team it, has like a little powerhouse like, exactly, on the squad. Exactly. And then, and then there's the top. So, so I mean, look, look at the pretty. race result, right? Like Virtue Cycling won and everybody's like, wait, who is that? 51 odds on roller derby. And the woman who won has world champion stripes on her on her sleeves. You know what I mean? Like, well, she's that's a she ringer. Like the European national the European she's, champion. She's currently, yeah, Euro champ. So definitely a ringer. Now, we did not like talk about parody like. We haven't done the um, the women's world tour jersey draft no, yet with Abby Mickey, but to. we need to. Yeah, we're trying to schedule the that. Virtue kit, Virtue kit, I'm kind of into. It's a it's simple. It's very like corporate, clean. Way better than like some of the kits we've seen in the past. Yeah. So, but anyways, so I'm I'm also curious. We got to hear from Abby Mickey on you know how she rates the Virtue team. Like, is this a a one off win or should we start? S- seriously paying attention to um to, to this because yeah i was gonna say to yeah. the virtues of of that team <laughs> wow well yeah. done so the women's world tour is off to a good start yes and then we'll talk a little bit about um you know some other racing we've got some reviews to get to got a couple of listener emails that came through just give quick shout outs mm-hmm. um and then we're definitely going to be solving the usa cycling upgrade problem we've got some uh some sad news to discuss. We have, the, and of course, the sad news. I'm talking about Lori Laughlin and the um, mm-hmm. the end the end of the rad actress's career. Uh, lots to get to, but um, one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about because I'm already wearing the jersey of the gift, so we might as well give a little bit more further shout out. Sure, okay. Then, um, kind of a popular tweet this past uh, week from uh. Chad Brown from uh, Trek, supporter of the podcast, uh, where he gave us first place in podcast intro music. Rightfully so, I would say. And I yes, I, I, mean, I it's, don't it's, often it's, toot our own horn around here, but if we have anything going on, anything at all, it's that the uh, intro and outro music is 
pretty on point. So we got first on his scientifics. Oh, he says unscientific, but it was clearly scientific. Yeah. So Slow Ride Podcast He's, 1, Cycling Tips 2, We Got to Hang Out 3, Crosshairs 4, Velo News 5, Cycling News Feed 6. And then I'm sure there's a slew of other great podcasts with other good music um, that just Chad doesn't have time to listen to. But I do like our intro music from a friend of yours, mm-hmm. uh, BK1. Yeah. Of uh, Rhyme Series Entertainment. So. Exactly. Yeah. You can find him on SoundCloud or something probably. Um, yeah. BK1, Rhyme Series Entertainment. The track is um, Tema de Cannibal off the album Radio de Cannibal. It's on YouTube. You can watch the whole video. We chopped it apart. Chopped and screwed it a little for our for our intro. So, I got to say one thing though. Okay. The little guy special on the Slow Ride Reviews podcast that's pretty that's pretty yeah <laughs> it's 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 pretty it's amazing. a sleeper so i feel like it's a sleeper it's hit. definitely gonna crack the top 10 of chad's list if he's if he hasn't heard it already yeah like that's just a the only thing missing from that is maybe a kazoo or two um <laughs> i good to see crosshairs on this list yes. and we got to hang out uh friends of the pod um they they have a, a good intro as well so it's nice to be in good company mm-hmm. all the way through um as you know just like any good hockey interview uh, after the game, we'd like to give it up for our comp- competitors and our, uh, you know, we're all in the same game out there, but, you know, we're really hard with the hard work that we've done and we're on the top Oh step, man, yeah, uh, we're, we're doing such hard work over here. It's <laughs> just a grind every day. <laughs> so, um, all right, so let's get into a couple things. Uh, the first thing I want to sh- shoot across your bow okay. is... Um, for the 2019 season, we know I'm a big fanboy of Movistar, clearly because of Alejandro Valverde. You don't say. And uh, and Nairo, Nairo looking okay at Paris Nice. He's not gonna take the. He didn't take the win this. No. So he's not cursed. For uh, you know, he doesn't have the the Paris Nice curse curse going into um the tour. I guess uh, we'll say he's gonna be concentrating. Okay. On. But I I do have a new team. Well, not really a new team, but I do have a team that I think I'm going to go all in on this year, along with Movistar. Interesting. Okay, I, I haven't heard this. Here. I'm I'm you, on the edge yeah, of my seat again. I, I think I'm all in on Yellow Lotto. Really? For a variety of reasons. Okay. As the former president of anybody but Wout fan yes, club, yes, this is going to be. This is going to. They're going to pull this skeleton straight out of your closet, right on ca- yeah, out yeah, on the campaign I trail, could, Tim. I I could never run for president yeah. of anything. With that, so I'm gonna own up to it right now. Wout has changed my mind on so many things, and I want Wout to win everything from now on, moving forward. Okay. There's that. So there's Wout on all of the classics, like the story within the story of now he has a team, and he he won the hearts of many once again at Strada Bianchi with a third place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you got a sprinter. So every single stage of any Grand Tour, you have a that Grossenwagen or however you say his name is in the I think uh, you nailed it yeah i think i did actually um so he's got a chance to win any stage that he enters oh yeah which is fantastic like so they're not giving up there and then then you have the grand tour hopes starting off with mr snowbank himself stephen kreiswick it's fantastic mm-hmm. so good to see him out there i love the, guy. the snowman in fact yeah the snowman and that needs to stick i know the snowman we tried it before it didn't <laughs> Well, I think this is this is we can get it to stick. Okay. You got George George Bennett. Okay. Also another quality quality racer. Yep. I don't know if you knew this, but he's from uh, New Zealand. I I was right. aware. Yeah. You got Robert Guessing. Yeah. Kind of like the veteran presence at 32 years old. Wow. <laughs> Amazing, right? It's young enough to be your kid. Yeah. And then you got Primo's Roglic, who is probably going to win Torino Adriatico Tim, tomorrow. Were you? Did you know the fun fact about Roglic? Wait, no, don't. <laughs> Are you? There's something else I don't did, know. I mean, I'm all in on this. Did team. you know he was a, a previously a, a ski jumper in uh, in a previous life? I did know that because I was going to pull that same bit. <laughs> yeah, to you. I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What way to do that? So, yeah, I'm all about the ski jumper. Uh-huh. So, Yellow Lotto, okay. Visma, um. I'm kind of in this year. I they've got a couple of Americans on the team, so it's kind of well rounded. Like it's great. They got Sepp Cuss, Nelson Nielsen Paulus. Yep. I mean, 
Anyways, it's, it's not a bad choice. It's tough to argue. And, uh, you know, it's a kit that I believe I've taken every year in our Jersey draft. Um, not very high in the Jersey draft, but I've definitely taken it. So I, I you so, know, I have a respect for them. No, I know a little guy's probably listening right now and screaming at his computer because I haven't mentioned that they also have Taco Vanderhorn. Yeah. I feel like he was a member of the, like the Matthew Vanderpool MVP club before it was done. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like he was the guy that a couple years ago, a little guy was telling us about, and now he's on that team and they have Tony Martin, which guaranteed other stage win at the grand tour. Yeah. Well, not guaranteed anymore, but pretty damn close. So anyway, do you have a team that you will for sure be pulling for? Like no matter what? That's an, that's a tough question because I don't know if I do. I'm, I'm so discombobulated, you know, this time of year, um, trying to figure out what, whatever and what teams everyone went to like, you know, I've only been watching racing for like two races now at this point. I mean, I, I don't tune in for the, uh, for the training camp races, um, earlier in the season. So, I mean, I know quick step is, is dominating like usual, but I, you know, I'm not going to support that team this year. They're not, they're not my guys. Um, you know, honestly, when it comes down to it, I I think I have to make a hard choice like like you do, um, and really admit to something here. Um, if you say Team Sky, I'm gonna be really mad. No, no, I'm not gonna say Team Sky. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> right, well. Do you remember back a few episodes ago when we had uh, a guy on the show named Mitch Docker? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if you recall, but um, we did a Jersey draft with him. And the first team that he took was CCC. And I was like, woof, that kid is terrible. I can't believe he picked it first. It's it's just everything, everything's bad. I don't like it. Since then, I don't know if it's because he picked it first or what. I've been paying more attention to them in the Peloton. That kid looks really good. Like actually oh, on the no. bike. No, like on on a digital screen in front of you, it doesn't look that good. But in the riding position on the bike, it looks really good. And I'm like, I'm feeling the CCC this year. And I don't. I, I I'm gonna say they're not my favorite team, so I'm gonna say they're my second dark horse team. Okay. Um. But yeah, that one came out of nowhere for me. Like, kind of snuck up on me. But I'm I'm kind of right. pulling for the CCC right. guys. All right. I'll I'll let you get away with it. Yeah. It's kind of a new kind of quasi new team. I it's just too much like they're going after the Uskatel. So they're really gonna have to earn it for me. Oh no, yeah, I, I agree. I mean I think I think probably my my number one team. Oof. It's a toss up. It, it's probably Bora just because they've been impressing me with like um winning without Sagan so far this year, which I always like. Um you, like Sam Bennett has been kind of cleaning stuff up. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Emmanuel Buckman do stuff this year. You've always got the Sagans, both of them, uh, who are exciting to watch race for for totally different reasons. Like you, I'm a little bit curious to see if Leopold Koning could get it back together. <laughs> just just one more year, maybe he'll get it together this year. This is the year. So here's the thing with Triple C, and and, and you've you- got Daniel Oss's hair. Yeah, so Bora, that's a that's a solid A team for you. I'll let you get away with that. But the the triple C thing for me, it's just the um like co-opting the orange jersey and then just looking at their roster, they don't have like a, upon first review, and I could be completely <laughs> wrong, but they don't have like the diehard like Basque mountain hero. It's exactly so like now- their kit. It's not an exciting roster. But it's yeah, totally solid but, after you start thinking about it a little bit. You're like, eh, you know, okay, it's not that I bad. Just, <laughs> it's it's like I'm curious as to how the Basque, when the tour goes into the Basque country, mm-hmm. are we going to see a lot of Triple C Pulse jerseys on the side okay. of the road? Because they're like, so, hey, we're back. Here's a, here's a couple of things I'll make to argue my CCC more than just the kit. Okay. You've got yeah. Serge Powell's. Okay. Love it. Love that guy. Love the way he races. Thought he was still on Dimension Data. Just realized he's on CCC. <laughs> uh, you've got young American Joey Raskoff, who we don't know who he is. Yeah. Um, 
you've got Lawrence Tendam, who is a crowd favorite, and you've got four different vans on this team. <laughs> the, like the van is full. Yeah. Like, I have <laughs> This is a minivan. This is a this is a 15 passenger van. You're full of vans here. Um Van Evermont, Van Hoke, Van Hoindunk, Van Kersbluk. Yeah. And nailed it. My all-time favorite racer who is somehow defying the ages uh Francisco Ventoso still <laughs> st- Still in the professional peloton at the top level. Unreal. He's got to be like 52 years old. Yeah. I don't know if he's that old. He came on on my radar during watching the movie Pro, uh, which documents the race in Philadelphia in 2002. He won that race. Speaking of 50 plus year olds, we we might as well just segue. Like we'll get back to pro racing, but... um, the the great hope of Taffy, yeah, uh, Andre Taffy, racing Paris Roubaix. Yep. Um, when did he win Paris Roubaix originally? Uh, ninety early nineties. I'm sure ninety six, ninety nine. I'm sure we have the World Cycling Production DVD. Of I know I do. Victory <laughs> at some point. It's a VHS. I know I'd have it. So Andrea Taffy was going to race Paris Roubaix. As a fifty plus well year old, he had plans too. There were a couple things standing in his Do way. Do we know what team he was going to be? Well, in? that's one of the things standing in his way. His, uh, he, you know, he put it out there, but uh, nobody was picking up what he was putting down. Um, so you know, he had hope that he was still going to race that, but uh, but he broke his collarbone, so now for sure it's not. Gonna yeah, happen. not going to happen. His dream is dead. His dream of Perry Roubaix is dead. Um, I'm super bummed about this. You should be. And, you know, I th- I feel like everybody is because it's a little bit of a ridiculous story. It's a little bit of a, like, uh, <laughs> out there. It's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to sort of follow and be like, no, there's no way. And you'd be impressed if he did. Even if he didn't finish, you'd be like, wow, that's amazing. But I think what's most amazing is that everybody can relate to this story because everybody, you know, when you get into cycling, Perry Roubaix is the race that you're like, oh my God, if I could do one race, like if I could just experience one race, I wish I could experience that. And, you know, uh, Andre Taffy has, uh, but unfortunately his dream to ride Perry Roubaix has died, much like mine, much like yours, and much like all of our listeners, all our, our Perry Roubaix dreams have all died. And so it's relatable. Is that like when did your Paris Roubaix dream? Like I don't think I ever dreamed for Paris Roubaix. I may have dreamed to be, oh I don't know, in like a much smaller American pro race like Nature Valley Grand Prix because like I knew assumed that I could never be fast enough. But I for a second there I thought maybe I could be good enough to race like in a pro one field yeah. in Minneapolis. I started racing in two thousand four. I lost that dream in like <laughs> middle two thousand five. Uh-huh. So I lasted about nine months of like a dream that someday I could be a category yeah. one. I would say I had a lot of fun in learning how to race while I was a cat five and cat four. Um, when I upgraded to three, I was like, oh yeah, this is no problem. I'm going to walk through this. And uh, had a good time racing threes, a little harder, a little harder than uh, uh, I expected, but eventually got good enough to upgrade. And I think probably the first race, in the in a cat two field, I was like, "Oh, well, <laughs> we're done here." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've reached the top, um, yep. and the top the top happens to be a gutter uh, where, where the wind is pushing. Me. Oh my god! I um, yeah. I the, the dream didn't last long for me, um, but you know, is what it is. Did you uh back to um the the big pro ranks? Mm-hmm. Quick question for you. Sure. Torito Adriatico is ending tomorrow with an individual time trial on a Tuesday. And I feel like we talk about this every year for five years. We've had this podcast that I don't understand why this race ends on a Tuesday. Like it seems like it's ending in a team time trial right now. And we know that, um, uh, um, Roglic is about 25 seconds down on, uh, Adam Yates. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're pretty much guaranteed a 
Roglic win because it's a dead flat time trial. He should be able to put 25 seconds into yes. right. It might be close, but the, the favorites is on Roglic. I just don't understand why it's ending on a Tuesday. I maybe one of our listeners know. It's so weird. It's the best tro- trophy in all of sports. It is, and maybe maybe they just don't want any competition. They know you know the weekends are full of racing. People are distracted. They just want your full attention. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, okay, that could be a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, today's uh, stage because it was Monday. I guess we weren't watching anything else. Ala Philippe won. Yeah. Um, in a in a big sprint. Um, over Sagan. Sagan got fifth, but. The point here is Alaphilippe won the sprint. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's been very good uh, so far this year, and I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But he's been very, very good. And Torino Adriatico is a super fun race, as usual. Like you said, best trophy in cycling. Worth it uh, just to watch the final stage to see that get presented. But yeah, ends on a Tuesday. Whole thing's weird. I don't know. A lot of time trials in it. I- yeah, there's a t- seven stages, a team time trial and an indip- individual time trial. And then a se- 77th Paris Nice was over the weekend mm. with Bernal winning yeah. over Nairo by 40 seconds. Um, I I mean, Nairo looked okay, I guess. Yeah, are you, are pretty, you worried? Pretty darn good. Like, no, I'm not worried. I just, I know there's people listening to this right now, so I'll speed up and say it because they're all shouting it. The ship has probably sailed on Nairo winning Tour de France. I've finally admitted it. Now, this could be good that I finally admitted it for Nairo for one reason. This could be a reverse curse that's happening. Sure. I just I just don't know. Like I I hope that he wins it. I really want him to. I want him to be the 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 hero that Colombia deserves in cycling because I would hate for some young upstart to come and take the glory from <laughs> uh-huh. From Nairo, like, and I mean that, like, wholeheartedly. Like, he's he's done so much for I racing. I know you mean he's that. He's so exciting to watch. The problem, but I'm just worried. Like, <laughs> it's weird saying that a 29 year old is maybe a little too old. Yeah, but it's just the win. The I mean, win- he's been with Movistar for yeah eight six years. The window's closing like, for sure. But it's weird to say a window's closing for a 29 year old, be- and it's not. I don't. I just think he's unlucky that he's in the timeline of Froome, right? Like he's uh, Yeah, a little bit. And more so now he's unlucky that he's in the timeline of Bernal. Well, or just I mean, he's like the Isaiah Thomas to Michael Jordan. Like he like he could have been one of the greatest of all time, but you had Michael Jordan stealing it. And it's just Nairo could be one of the greatest. And now you and I have arguments on if he's a first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer, which he clearly is. Because he's Won the Giro and the Volta twice each. That's true. And and he's won stages of the tour. And like I'm I'm crying thinking about this here because I want him to win so much. Mm-hmm. But I has the sun set and it all comes down to like the cobbled stages on the Tour de France. And it's like it's like what TJ's been arguing about this whole time about how horrible the cobble stages are on the Tour de France and, and it's coming back to bite me because it's what really has cost Nairo his chance to winning the yellow jersey. Yeah. No, I can't argue with any of that. I mean, okay. Well, I, I, I don't know what else to say here on that. I just, Paris Nace is over. Nairo's looking good. The, if there's a year left for him to do it, it's got to be this one. Like, I don't know when else. Like, yeah. If it doesn't happen now, then for sure it's not happening because the window is closing and the, um, there's some upstarts coming and it's, and <laughs> it's, it's there. It's it's time. Like, it's Nairo's time to grab the reins and take over. I mean, Valverde is wearing a rainbow stripes. He doesn't have anything to prove anymore. He doesn't need to challenge for a grand tour. Um, Landa, you know, it's going to have to work that out. That's probably uh Naira's biggest problem is is does Landa come back looking good or what um but yeah i mean Naira it's it's it's, it's a as good of opportunity as he's going to see so let me um before we get into the prelim mm-hmm. got one quick question for you we've talked about this the, we're working we're working out the the rough edges of our um, slow ride podcast cycling hall of fame right yeah. like, like we're not experts on cycling we know there's hundreds of 
quality Hall of Fame cyclist before our time of following the sport. But we're just going to talk like recency mm -hmm. bias, if you will, mm -hmm. like just from you know 2005 on. Yeah, we're, and we're trying to sell tickets here. We need we need names yeah. that people so, remember. I'm going to put a name out there okay. and and see where you think he falls. If he's like kind of shooing for the Hall of Fame or he still has something to prove. Okay. Michael Kiewakowski. That's an interesting one, Tim. I'm going to say he's a he's a shoe-in. Where? Like like more of a shoe-in than Nairo? Because you more, were kind of saying that Nairo's... More of a shoe-in than Nairo. No, that's... And I'm going to say... And I'm going to qualify that by saying he did win the world championship. He did. So just because he wins the world championship, you automatically become a... So Igor Astarola, 2004, Oof. Hamilton, Ontario, well, is, a, is a shoe in Hall of Famer. Now favorite. there's always a, Roy Costa there's always the is one a, that is a, proves the rule. Roy Costa, I would say, is a shoe in um, Astarola... More so than Nairo. Yeah, I mean, those world championship stripes Spencer, are pretty powerful. you're a good guy. You're like, <laughs> I, I will high five you. If you had a flat tire on the side of the road... Yeah. Even in your in your, even in your van, I would help you change it. Sure, but I am questioning how we rank a single world championship road race stripes, which are fantastic, mm -hmm. good for Michael Kiwakowska over a four time Grand Tour winner, and I think Kiwakowski should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he should probably be a first ballot. I, he wouldn't be in unanimous. Maybe he sneaks in second year. But for sure, he's going to be in the hall. I'd game. need to see the complete list. You know what I mean? He might make it, but like, I got to, I got to think this through a little bit. But Kiwakowski is definitely gets in. Um, right. You know, Rui Costa is probably more of a bubble like Nairo is, but uh, he's still, it's pretty, he's, he raises his bike pretty good. So, all right. Well, I got one more name for you. Um, <laughs> okay. Just, just current racer, mm -hmm. Michael Matthews. This is Mitch Stocker, and you're listening to The Slow Ride Pod. All right. Well, we'd like to first off, thanks all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. The big news in Wide Angle Podium land is the re the redo, the redux, the rebirth of rollerderby.com. Yes. That's roller R O U L E U R derby.com. Just like a cyclist, a roller derby.com <laughs> where members of the wide angle podium get a 500 point bonus for signing Which up. Which is huge. So head up. I, it's huge, I, so. I'm looking through the leaderboards at rollerderby.com. I'm watching the results from the first uh, race that you could place your points wagers on and the results flowing in from that. And I'm realizing, I don't know if we stressed enough that the thousand points that people get when they sign up are 1500. If they're a wide angle podium supporter, um, those are for the whole season. You guys got to make those last. <laughs> Aren't you already in like, you're getting pretty close to needing to take out a loan. I'm pretty sure when I looked at the, uh, um, the points you've spent a lot of points, but okay, there's 193 registered racer or riders on roller derby. Like we said last week, go over there, sign up, put some points on some racing. Yeah. It's fun. Last week we, uh, you know, we got to do the, um, the Ronde for the, uh, the opener of the women's mm -hmm. world tour. And we have Milan San Remo this week, yeah. which we're going to talk to after the jump, but, um, good stuff. They'll be scoring Over the Torino uh, races here after Tuesday. So that's lots, right. lots more shifting some... around on the leaderboards. Yeah, pretty exciting. We'd also like to thank our partners at Grimper Brothers. Yes. Head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more. Grimper Brothers has two unique blends for your drinking pleasure. We have the full Schleck and Hello Cyclocross Friends Espresso Blend. So you can either get a nice light roast or a uh, espresso blend yeah it's really uh, really great they complement each other i switch back and forth uh f depending on my mood which side of the bed i got up on in the morning um you know how much pep <laughs> i need in my step um yeah you really can't so go I wrong was... and they support the network which is great 
I'm starting to drink coffee a little bit more. I love it. Um, which is pretty good. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting into it more and more. Um, so I haven't been the biggest coffee drinker, and the Hello Cyclocross friends is what seems to be right up my alley because I, I seem to be more of an espresso okay um, kind of uh, individual. So that's fair. Pretty excited for that. And then uh, let's give a shout out to longtime recurring sponsor mm-hmm. Health IQ. Yep. Go to healthiq.com slash WAP. Yep. To to find out how to save money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. Exactly. Yeah. This podcast is supported by Health IQ. Like you said, they're a life insurance company, but they celebrate the health conscious, including and specifically including cyclists. Um, you can learn more and get a free quote from them at healthiq.com slash WAP. Uh, and you can check out the life insurance FAQ page if you need to know a little bit more about what life insurance is or why you need it. But the take it from me, yeah. I'm an expert. Yeah, you need to have life insurance. Um, get it now before it's too late to get life insurance. So uh, go back. Uh, we're almost a year on since uh, Tim was very happy. Well, to have there's life there's a reason we had episode nine one ninety nine <laughs> and then one ninety nine point five. Uh, yeah. and that's because you decided to have a stroke right before our yeah. 200th episode. And, so we had to delay it a week <laughs> and boy, was I really happy yeah. that I had uh, insurance beforehand. So yeah. anyways, head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP. Take the uh, quiz. See if you pass with flying colors, which I'm sure you, everyone will. Mm-hmm. And you can save a boatload of money on your life insurance. Yep. And with that, let's get back to the show. Sounds good. All right, Spencer, we are after the jump, and as always, it's time to check out the mailbag and the review wire. Okay. So head on over to iTunes if you want to live a review for the Slow Ride Podcast, or you can always find us on Spotify if you're one of those uh, folks that's, that's cool and hip and with it. You can listen to us on Spotify. But... We got a nice review from Andrew Palmgren. Love the banter and general nerdy bike geek nature of this podcast. I just wish some coverage was given to the EWS or the World Cup Downhill Series. On a side note, fat chance is greater than Klein. Four stars. So kind of. Double oof. Um, yeah. We'll have to earn that fifth star from Andrew. I appreciate the um, the review and some good notes here. Let me go. Let me go from hierarchy of um, issues okay. here. Yeah. Fat chance over Klein. Yeah. I respect your opinion. I don't. I com- <laughs> I completely disagree. <laughs> Klein is way better than Fat Chance, but Fat Chance is on the wide angle podium of cool mountain bike. I, I, I'll agree with that statement, but yeah, I don't. I don't respect your opinion. <laughs> no. Fat chance is not better than Klein, but it's it's worthy of a hey, that was cool in the nineties comment. Yeah, maybe early two thousands. Okay, all right. What's what's next on your hierarchy of? Uh... I like to feel that for a wide ranging bike banter podcast, mm-hmm. where yes, we do talk a lot about road and pro racing, yes. just because that's our interest. We do talk a lot about bikes and bike culture. I think we do a pretty damn good job of talking about World's Cup downhill. If anything, we, we watch a yeah, lot of it. If anything, <laughs> mountain bike related, it's the downhill World Cup because it's on the Red Bull TV, and I actually watch it every week. Uh, it's the best like two hours of television. Yeah. What Red Bull has done for downhill, it's it's out of this world. It's so much better than when I was first coming up watching downhill, and there was like one camera at the bottom, and it was like we don't know what's happening up there. Ooh, like and. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, as far as EWS and, and stuff like that, like, yeah, we, I, I don't follow it. I couldn't do it justice to talk about it. You would, you would be cringing if I tried to talk about it. Um, and EWS stands for Enduro World Series. Yeah. And, and you notice how I was cringing when I was coming up with what those three letters yeah. were. I, I will you're, say this. You're taking Andrew, a stab will, at it. I will try to watch some of it. Um, I'm a little curious on how some of it works. 
I still don't understand the concept of well, just timing downhill sections, Tim, but then it's like rally racing and you have to climb your bike back up to the top, you, but you don't get penalized. What you can do, Tim, like, and what our, our, our reviewers should also do is go back in the archives, go back to the interview that we had with Eric Saunders, where we had him okay. explain all of this. And if you don't know who Eric Saunders is, well, he was a pro roadie back in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, but he also currently runs the California Enduro Series. So Yeah, and I'll have to check that out. I, I might actually be seeing him out at Sea yeah, Otter in a couple of weeks. knowledgeable so. guy um, and talks all about Enduro and explained what it was to us. So we will try our best there, but again... I really appreciate the re- review. I'm sure yeah. that you do. So, oh, Andrew, the review is great. We'll that Andrew, for you. thank you for the review. I'll give it four stars. <laughs> All right. We've got a couple of quick emails. I want to give a shout out to Gavin Adkins, who uh, hits us up and says that uh, when we were talking about the Beto O'Rourke riding without his helmet, sure. and uh, you know, we were kind of talking that he seemed a little overgeared. <laughs> yeah. But he, was, he said that he was just uh, channeling his best Pavel. Pavel Tonkov, you know, of course, the the giant um, Mm -hmm. wheel uh, uh, sprocket combo. And then uh, so it was great to see to hear from Gavin. So thank you for that. And then also um, major shout outs to Steve Malone, who gave us a uh, old eBay link, which was pretty awesome. Um, It was it was worthy of the of the Klein slash eBay corner because it was a Klein attitude with the full purple um set up but it was in england like the winning bid was over in um london okay it's 500 pounds so like we couldn't get it but uh steve thanks for the uh the email and also uh a shout out to darren boyd and daniel burkhart for uh hitting us up with a variety of uh links and uh emails so good stuff all the way around and on that folks can always email us uh with anything that they find out there uh on in their internet travels uh at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com so i this past week i was traveling overseas um was in scotland once again where i have been before i've checked in a couple times coach tim has also checked in from overseas Mm -hmm. um once it, you know, I've noticed fat bikes on the roads of, uh, uh, over there. I've noticed, um, I did my first ever fly through Brussels. It was cold, rainy, and miserable, just like I imagined Brussels to be. Um, there's a lot of high vis going on oh, yeah. overseas, more so than I've seen here, especially in the commuter class. More so. Yes. Um, I find so, that hard to believe. I've noticed this when I was in London last year and now um, in Scotland. The the commuter class is really into high visibility. Sure. And what I mean by commuter class, folks going to work. Yeah. Um, there are a fair amount of folks wearing safety vests. Um, now, a safety vest, no. <laughs> I used to just know was in like the J&B catalog or the QBP catalog, you know, is like code number like high vis like one, yeah. <laughs> you know? And you're you're, there's you're a, riding a recumbent if you buy that. Yeah, there's a fair amount of high vis over there, and my question is, are they just smarter than us? Well, it depends on it depends on what you're looking at, I guess. Because my my gut says yes, but then I think of some of the politics over there, and I'm like, well, I'm not so sure. It depends on what country so, you're in. It's a, true, very true. But there's just there's there's a fair amount of uh, high vis riding, and then at the same time this that I'm over there, mm-hmm. there's the pedestrian crash of pedestrian crashes because my Twitter feed blew up yes. with angry cyclists calling a pedestrian an idiot for walking across the team time trial like road yep. at Torino Adriatico. Yep. Now there is we'll set the scene. Is that was it Team Bora? It was. Going down the road, full tuck, and a gentleman crossing the road, hood up, head down, crosses the road, and takes out two of the riders. Um, the riders swerve. The final two in the train um, hit the rider. This guy gets pummeled, yeah. goes to the ground. He got destroyed. Um, yeah. He got destroyed. Like, But no one's mentioning, none of the, <laughs> the angry cyclists uh-huh. mention the... The three course workers that are also wearing high vis on the other side of the 
the course. So basically, course marshal's not doing their job. Yeah. And everyone's mad at the pedestrian. And I kind of got mad about this. And maybe it was an unpopular opinion, but it's the responsibility of A, the promoter to secure the course. Yes. It is the responsibility, B, of the course marshals to do their job. Yes. The I put myself in the pedestrian shoes. I would say maybe some of this is his fault, but he paid the price by getting hit by a car or by a bike that, okay, it's a wash because here's why. He was walking up on the road. He doesn't see any cars coming. He probably looked quiet, no fans. He doesn't know a race is going on. There's no there's no tape yeah. across the, the road. And in, in fact, what he sees is three individuals just shooting the, you know, shooting dice over there in front of a road closed barricade yep. on the other side of the road. And they're like, oh, there must be construction traffic up the road. Who knows what's going on? I'm all right. I just got off a long day, third shift. <laughs> I'm on my way home. Yeah. Boom. What just hit me? Like, I can totally see this happening, and I don't blame the pedestrian one bit. I I see where you're coming from. It, oh, do you disagree with me? I I don't know. I don't know if I could say it's not his fault at all. Although I feel like the biggest the biggest criminal in this scenario. Is definitely a course marshal. Uh, any any one of the three, they could be tried as as uh, as a group. Um, not paying enough attention, not maybe realizing the Bora train was coming, cresting the hill at full tilt. Um, you kind of see last minute. They're like, oh, freaking out. It's one of those things. I I have a problem with. <laughs> I might get in trouble here. Um, I have a problem with course marshals. Like at regular local bike races, like when they close down a, a street for a crit or something, yeah. And some neighborhood normal person going about their day tries to walk across like a street, and somebody in a stupid safety vest just starts yelling at them, like "Clear the course, clear the course." Yes. <laughs> and the and whoever's crossing the road looks at them like they're speaking Greek. Because they are like, they're like, what are you, what course, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) so you rank the course marshal. So like the corner marshal yelling that yelling Greek. I I totally understand. I know where you're coming from. Are they worse than like the cop that just isn't paying attention during a race? That's like on the inside of the corner that just doesn't understand the speed that the bikes are coming around. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I, th- I think there, they are. Been a I lot think, of lazy cops that yeah. I've seen on the side. I'm stoked they're there. Bring so, it. Like, but it just, it's kind of, ooh. <laughs> like, I've seen a lot of, like, the police motorcycle guy that you're like, get out of the way. Like, you yeah. don't know what's going so on. So I give them, I like, I don't like that. I totally agree with you, but I give them a little bit of a pass because of the inexperience, as you mentioned. Like, they just okay. don't know how fast those guys are coming, how they're going to use every single inch of the road. Um, these, Corner marshals, I expect, are some sort of fans of cycling, at least to some degree. You know, are, you don't think they got roped in? It's like, possible. I mean, think it's of the corner marshals we roped into doing the crits that we put on. It's possible. Okay. Maybe I'm just a little biased against so, police officer he, corner marshals at crits because of my experience <laughs> in the back of a Minneapolis police squad car. At the, uh, yeah. Um, from that the corner mar- the cops that didn't like me riding on the course, but. You know, I was young. It was all right. It's, it's true. Other so, gentlemen, here's the thing. <laughs> here's my theory, Tim, and it's viol- it varies wildly from yours. Is that this guy crossing the road was not just some random who was crossing the road coming off his third shift, you know, or even he wasn't even a guy who just stumbled out of the pub at eleven in the morning and was was just stumbling across the street and and got hammered by these these Bora uh, riders. He was actually a double agent the whole time. He was sent by another cycling team within the World Tour professional peloton to take out Peter Sagan and his support leading into the Spring Classics. The, but he missed his he target. He missed his target, but he disrupted the train and he, he sent a okay. message. He let Peter know that somebody's right. out to get him and I need to figure out I'm into who. this. I'm into this. Okay. 
who are the usual suspects that would be against Peter Sagan in so um, this situation? Number one, your is- person non grata. Number one suspect is Greg Van Avermaet. Has to be. Totally disagree. No, number one has got to be the entire Quick Step team because it's not an individual rider that's sending this. Like this is coming from someone that may or may not be in with organized crime. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so like I, I'm going right away to Quick Step. I am going like, like Lefebvre, he's got some old Belgian cycling money yeah. that he needs to cash in. It's true. I will say I'm, it could be one of the roller derby fellow punters that's putting some money <laughs> in on this. Okay. So you're saying GVA. So you're putting GVA. this on. Nobody has finished second just, more times at the, at the, at the hand of Peter Sagan than GVA. He has a grudge. Wow. He could have a grudge. I'm not saying he did it. I'm saying there's there's a reason to follow some clues. You know, you follow the money, you see where it goes. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right, this is we're gonna have to be on the case. We're trying. Okay, we've got a couple of cases we're working on here. We got the cold case. That's the uh, foam party wallet. Still trying to find out about that yep. one. And now, was the pedestrian at Torino Adriatico sent there to take out Peter Sagan, but then failed at his most basic duty? Yep. Um. Kind of, rem- he did a fairly good job. I mean, he got pretty. He got close. Micah, and Micah would be, you know, Peter's number two. I mean, God, this is so weird. Yeah, I mean, okay, I thought it was just, you know, see, someone else. You gotta, you gotta read between work. the lines, Tim. This is professional yeah. cycling. This is big time stuff. I'm still putting it on quick step. If there was someone trying to take him, it's clearly uh, quick see, step because wh- Sagan's the only one that can take I out think, the wolf. Think pack. about this. Perfect crime. You've got your GVA. You're working solo mission. You're doing the lone wolf. You've broken away from the pack. You send your guy out. He takes out Sagan. All eyes turn to quick step, like as the guilty party. <laughs> it's the perfect crime. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the whole time Caleb Ewing and uh, Red Lotto is sitting there like, ha oh, it was me <laughs> all along. Anyways, a um, couple of other notes that we did get to. Um, we have to mention just the sheer fact that our fa- one of our favorite actresses, <laughs> of course, the star of Rad, yeah, Lori Laughlin, caught up in the, uh, the the cheating bribery scandal that is. Yes, this yeah, this was so. big news. This hit me hard uh, the other day when this first started, when the news first started breaking, and I was like, "College scandals, I don't care." And then all of a sudden. It was pictures of Lori Laughlin. They said Uncle Jesse. They said Uncle, you know, they said whatever her character's name was in Full House. Right. Right. And then there's the Uncle Jesse memes and all that. Um, But that's not, that's not nearly her her most famous role. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was very disappointing that that was what they pointed to. No, I know Full, Full House, you know, a lot of people have probably seen it, reruns and stuff, but like easily, easily her greatest work. Still a tragedy. She did not get any any uh, nods from the Academy um, for her role in in the seminal BMX movie Rad uh, from the eighties, starring you know Bill Allen as Crew Jones, Laurie Laughlin as his, uh, his romantic interest. Um, they, I mean, there's still like the shame that is Rad never being released on DVD or. Like an official DVD, yeah, not release. legally. I have one. Like, <laughs> I know, but the like that movie could would crush it as like a redo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as a reissue, and that's really what's hurt her career, which led her to having to sink so low to a college bribe. I don't, I don't even care about college bribery scandal. Like to me, it's like, eh, are you surprised? But the fact that she wasn't remembered for Rad is what really made me more mad than it's anything. A shame. Yeah. Um. There's a quick news news beat, I guess, that Team Sky was saved by some uh, chemical company from England. Yeah. Is what it appears to be. So the richest man in Britain is putting up the money. Um, and apparently he's so rich that he doesn't live in the United Kingdom anymore because he's trying to dodge the taxes from what I picked up on. Makes so sense. in the glory of Team Sky owners, I guess, I'm just <laughs> making the connection to the Murdoch family uh-huh. here. That um, you know the the use of tax tax havens 
appears to be alive and well for Team Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other news that we got to kind of round up on. Now we got a couple minutes of discuss. Okay. And that was a fairly big piece um, written about USA cycling upgrades and how ridiculous they are. And the, the, the quick, too long, didn't read um, commentary here is a racer went to um, Grant's Tomb. Grant's Tomb yeah. with the fame, the seminal race in New York City around Grant's Tomb and uh, huge fields. And the ridiculous nature of trying to figure out the upgrade points and how some categories are just penalized because the results are submitted combined rather than separate. So therefore, yep. the upgrade points don't go deep enough, blah, it's, blah, it's blah, blah, mess. blah. The system is broken. The, the system's a mess. Basically, uh, in a nutshell for, for our UK listener and our Canadian listener um, and our Aussie corner listener or two. Um, USA Cycling, uh, if, if you're racing a criterium, you need to finish in the top seven to get any points towards your upgrade. You get one point for seventh place. You need, I don't know what, like 20 to upgrade. So you've got to, you've got to be in those top seven positions. A lot of times there are two or three times in the top hat. Like a lot of the country, that's okay. Minnesota, where we came up, the field is 25, 30 guys. Like, okay, that's reasonable. Grant's tomb. Crits here in New England, crits in New York, crits in Southern California, these areas, there could be 100, 125 people in the field. And to only give seven of them upgrade points is embarrassing. Well, like, it just doesn't make sense. And also, if you are in the women's yes. field and you're a category three woman, because it's very rare that there's two fields in a women's race, right. let alone a separate four or five. But let's just for sake of discussion, hope that they're separate for women's four fields. But then if you have a one, two, three women's field, you have like newly upgraded category threes racing against pro women and the points only go seven deep. Like how are you ever going to get to be a category two if the results aren't submitted separately? Exactly. It's, it's a, it's a clerical (laughs) thing. It's an administrative thing and they stick to the letter of the law in a, in an infuriating way uh we went we went through this um my better half and i a few years ago in cyclocross where uh she had to race the category three four field and uh we did a whole season and she's a four but she gets no points for beating other fours she only gets points for finishing in the top you know couple of places of the race and so she had to be able to defeat all the threes to be able to get points to become a three at which point yeah, you've already been defeating the threes, so shouldn't you just jump right over three because you're already beating uh, them th- up to two? It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It needs to be rewritten. Anyway, so let's fix it. The article was written by to uh, be determined.cc. They did a good job spelling out the issue. It sparked a lot of discussion. I think it's an important thing uh, USA Cycling needs to take seriously and uh, figure it out. Yeah, but they, out. he didn't offer the solutions that need to happen. He offered a couple. Right. right. So I think that we could we could solve this problem. Okay, what do you got? Quickly. So I've mentioned it before that they should just go to what um I like to call the results boy system, which basically just compiles all of the results and puts you all into one universal right. category ranking so that you would run your so based on your races and they're all getting submitted, you could tell strength of field. Yep. So that then you know your overall race category. So I would be, you know, I would have 350 points. And so therefore I'm going to be raced racing against everybody that's got 300 points to 450 or whatever the, yep. do it like the way they do the ski system. Yep. And then once you get to that, like a hundred point level, like you're a category one in theory, then the category ones, you just get a license card and you're like, okay, you've made it to category one until you want to downgrade. Yep. Like then you can yeah, get it's, out, right? It's, so it's the idea sort of like uh, how people line up at a 5K or a marathon or whatever. You put the, exactly. the five-minute milers up here, the six-minute milers, then the seven, and you sort of, that's obviously a little more self-select, but like this would be based on some previous results. It's it's based on results. And then once you get like your, your PGA Tour card, if you will, mm-hmm. like how golfers have to earn the card, and once they have the card, then they've got it. Like once you get up to a certain point total, then you're an experienced enough racer that 
you for you therefore are always able to register for that race mm-hmm. if you want. That would be one way. I like it. The other way is this the simple clerical method of just, you know, like mentioned in the article, getting rid of all the different point tables. Like there's stage race tables. Like there isn't even stage races that meet. There's minimum distance tables, like all that. Yeah. Just put it all together. Yeah. But here's the thing that gets me is that you have these um upgrade officials, if you will, mm-hmm. that seem to have like their domain or their kingdom and it's like their it's their last grip of power yes and there's no like there's no accountability for them other than and they claim that like well i can't upgrade just everybody it's like yeah but do you even watch the racing like i can watch a race or be in a race and clearly tell you what category threes should be in the twos like you like you know after two races that guy's good enough to be in twos and i feel that this whole upgrade thing is what's helped kill cycling through and through across USA cycling for the last eight, nine years. And it hasn't been fully recognized because people want fair and fun racing when they go to a bike race. What they don't want is to get their head bashed in by some guy or woman that has maybe been a category one in the past, but then downgraded four years ago and is crushing it in the category threes and you're like you're still a category one like by skill level like you do not belong here and you're ruining the fair and fun nature of the race and that's it and road racing is is the hardest of all sports i've ever been in because if you get dropped it's miserable and you never want to come back here's the thing is like there are people in the category three field and the category four field that like are totally good at that race and they're they're going to finish like 10th to 15th or whatever every race but that's all they want to do that's the only place they want to be and they're not moving forward but they can suck up those points for folks that are trying to move forward that are trying to progress and like the system doesn't allow for both of those things to exist the system is set up with the idea that everyone is always trying to get through to a higher level all the time and that's just not reality so why doesn't us very true here's another idea why doesn't usa cycling maybe just look at uh like why not go outside the box and go to crowdsourcing Mm -hmm. right like like you could crowdsource people's skill by those that have raced in the field so as an example and you know people could shoot this down in the comments email us at the slow podcast at gmail.com if you think this is wrong but as an example it's category four field you're going to end up knowing most of the racers. Mm-hmm. You could do like a universal crowdsource vote on who should be moved up to the threes or the fours, because those folks are instantly going to tell you who is the best and you could rank it on. Okay. If this guy is consistently winning, like he's won two races in the category yeah. fours yeah. by five minutes. And then he submits for an upgrade and then it gets denied because he only has you know, 18 points because the field max wasn't met. I mean, it's like, okay, now we're penalizing him for something he can't control because the promoter didn't do a good enough job. Like he needs to move up. Here's the other thing that really, you want to talk about things that grind my gears. Yeah. I have on numerous occasions heard of officials that know somebody should be upgraded from three to four or three to or four to three or three to two, whatever, but don't do it. Because there's some sort of series happening. Like, oh... Are you serious? I don't want to upgrade them because they're going to win the series jersey in, you know, six weeks from now. So I'm going to leave them down so that they can do that. It's just eating... It's eating your young. Yeah. Like, like if you... Getting to Category 3 was one of the coolest things to ever happen to me. And the reason it was awesome was because I finally got in a field that I felt fairly safe in. I felt that, you know what? Being a pack racer in category three, it's cool. I could say I'm a bike racer. I can watch tactics happen. It's not dumb racing in the category four or five. I was happy. And I felt like I earned that upgrade. Yeah. But when you see the the sheer amount of just dumb sandbagging, and by dumb meaning that a racer is going for the the series, sure. Or the racer wants the five you know like you're they're giving away a prize in the category four fives of easton carbon forks and then the guy doesn't upgrade from four to five so wins five weeks in a row and then where's the official that sits there and just goes like okay you've won three of these races with 60 person fields 
you now need to move up. Yeah. Like it's just, it's sandbagging. You need a sandbag detector. Oh, wow. If only someone would consider making one algorithm in their computer. Oh, <laughs> Colin has, because he's cross results and he understands how to do this. And now Bike Reg is working with USA Cycling. Like the algorithm's there. We can do this automatically. We do not need yeah. the, the humans that run their kingdom, that they feel that they're just, you know, it's the last, it's their last thing that they get to hold on to. And it, it's ridiculous. I agree. hundred percent. It's the hallway monitors that just, you know, the bathroom police that just want, they want that last grip of power. Anyways, I feel like we solved all the problems in the world th- with this podcast. I think so. Somewhere in there, a there was a solution. There. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the solution's there, but man, do I just feel awesome in my Finnish national champion jersey. You should. Uh, I've, yeah. I've been distracted. Yeah, I've been distracted this whole time, (laughs) just sort of gazing upon upon the kit. Um, Well, with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. We'd like to thank BK One of Rhyme Series Entertainment for his award winning soundtrack to the pod. We'd also like to thank Health IQ. Head to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out more about your life insurance Mm -hmm. and Gripper Brothers Coffee, where you can go to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to learn more about two great blends. Yep. Head on over to Roller Derby, Roller Derby, R-O-U-L-E-U-R, derby.com to play almost certainly the best cycling game on the internet. Definitely do yourself a favor and check that out. Figure out what all the hype's about. Um, I'd also, I'd like to Quick thank all the Wide Angle Podium supporters uh, out there. Uh, if you haven't checked out the network, do so. Uh, a lot of great shows over there, uh, like Crosshairs Radio and um, Bike Shop CX, among others. Um, Bike Shop CX did a whole episode about campy shifters. It was amazing. I know. I felt like I learned a lot. Just for you. I learned, bring it to the mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good tip. Yeah. So... Anyways, this is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Yeah, I know you're worried that my camera wasn't working. Ah, man, did I have the trick on you?